Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Hi, podcast listeners. Please join Voice of San Diego for our next member event, the rescheduled Brews and News member mix-up at 5.30 p.m. Thursday, November 9th at the Museum of Man in Balboa Park. Voice of San Diego and the Museum of Man are teaming up for an evening of civic affairs, exploring the human experience, and, of course, beer. This free event is only open to Voice of San Diego and Museum of Man members, so if you're not a member already, become one today. Events like these are just one of our member benefits. To learn more, go to voiceofsandiego.org membership for more information. I didn't tell anyone. What? I did not. Because I didn't lose my hair the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very tired. You know, I would sleep a lot, but I just didn't want to. I know it sounds selfish uh, for some. I didn't want to share that I was sick because I've always been the rock mm-hmm. of the family. It made me feel weak. Welcome to I Made It in San Diego, Voice of San Diego's podcast about the stories behind the region's businesses, the big and the small and the people who made them what they are. I'm Scott Lewis. This week, we have a story about a single mother, Diana Ocampo. She built Total Combat Paintball in Barrio Logan into the San Diego Sports and Entertainment Center. Her profits are strong, and she's poised to expand. Not that long ago, though, she was totally broke. She had already made it in business, but lost everything. Lost everything, that is, except her wits and her resourcefulness. She never let what she didn't know stop her. Diana's parents fled Colombia, where her family faced kidnapping threats, and they ended up in Brooklyn, New York, where Diana Ocampo grew up. Right away, she was drawn to fitness and combat. My dad put me in in, a boxing when I was six. Uh, We grew up in a really rough neighborhood, so it's like you need to learn how to defend yourself. I was the only... You know, I'm the only daughter out of uh, three of us. I have two brothers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're going to learn how to defend yourself. So I've been boxing since I was six. You know, uh, you try to focus and stay in the right path. My parents really uh, basically said, you go left, not good. You go right, you're going to be good. So they, they told, you know, they told us to do the right thing. Do the right thing and just keep focused. Were you religious? Oh, I was. I was actually uh, hija de Maria. Oh, yeah? which is the daughter of Mary. Mm-hmm. So we would go to church every Sunday. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I actually wanted to be a nun. You did? <laughs> I did. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to be a nun. <laughs> I, I just love helping people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was telling my mom, I'm going to join the convent. And uh, she's like, okay, we have an aunt that's a nun and we have an uncle that's a priest. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to go live with Thea. <laughs> <laughs> How many brothers and sisters did you have? I have two brothers, older okay. and younger. Okay. 
And were they into boxing as well? No, they really? were not. I was the tomboy. My <laughs> older brother was just very studious. My younger brother, we called him Dennis the Menace. You know, mm. I was just, you know, I was daddy's little girl. So yeah. I was like a little tomboy. I was always underneath the car. A car accident left her father unable to work. Diana helped pick up the slack. Her early work experiences helped set the stage for the entrepreneur she'd eventually become. I think my first job was at 10, sweeping the floor at a salon so I could just buy milk and stuff for our family. Um, hardware store. Uh, from there, my, my uncle gave me a camera when I was in Colombia. I was 13 and I started taking pictures. So I started taking pictures at parties, mm-hmm. you know, just to make a dollar. I started um, sending, um, promoting with flyers. You know, back in Studio 54, when it was like kind of dying, mm-hmm. I would like hand out flyers. I'd be like, please, please come because I get a dollar for each VIP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I think the hustling started early because of just the dynamics of what happened to my family. Um, so I think it's just a whole combination of just growing up and life events. Diana was drawn to technology and photography, and she applied to what she thought was a prestigious tech high school in New York City. It turned out to not be so techy, but she met someone there who would change her life. Wendy Kapowitz. I love her. Really? She was she was the one that kept me out of trouble. She's the one that helped me get into college. She was a teacher. She, she was a teacher. Loved her to death. Um, she was my mentor and her husband was her my mentor also. So she literally said, take over the photography room. Go for it. It's all yours. I was like, okay. So I taught class. I had friends come in. I did all the photography for the entire school. Diana got into the college of her dreams, the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. She loved it. But she had a little trouble paying the tuition. You know, School of Visual Arts, a couple semesters, and uh, the bill came. Uh. The bill came, and I was like, wow, I can't pay this. You know, and uh, at the same time, I had a girlfriend was like, I'm joining the Navy, you know. And I was like, okay. So I was looking it up and they were like, well, they'll pay for your school, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll go join with you. And so I could pay for school. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up joining and she didn't. She oh, didn't no. <laughs> join. I joined. So, you know, I joined. I was in boot camp. And then when I was in boot camp, I got my letter of scholar, uh, my scholarship letter. And I was like, oh, no, I need to get out. How do I get out? They were like, no, girlfriend. No, <laughs> you, you ain't going nowhere. You signed, yeah. you signed. So It's a story that a lot of people in San Diego will recognize. The Navy recruiter had promised Diana a spot in the service as a photographer. But then three weeks before the exam, they shut down the photography program. They weren't taking any more photographer mates. She went into supply instead. She became an AK Aviation storekeeper assigned to a helicopter squadron on North Island in Coronado. And it was the mid-90s, still an awkward time for women in the Navy. She dealt with some uncomfortable encounters. Three women in her class at boot camp finished boot camp pregnant. You know, I mean, the, the first experience I experienced in the boot camp Mm-hmm. where, you know, after a while you start marching and then you have, you know, these um, higher officers, like, again, you don't know, you don't know the rankings because you're so, you're so new. Um, so when they stop you and all this other stuff, it's like, okay, why are you asking me all these questions? You know, I don't understand and please don't touch me mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. And then when I graduated boot camp and I went to um, A school after the boot camp, um, I had one of the... Um, one of the uh, drill sergeants come to my dorm 
asking for me. And I was like, why are you asking for me? What are you doing here? You know, that kind of thing. Diana met someone also in the Navy. She got married and had a son. She spent six years total in the Navy and two years later in the Army. But then she got divorced and worried she would face another deployment. She could not leave her son. Yeah, I didn't want to leave him again. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I love the military. Sure. I loved it. I mean, I would have done my whole 25-something years. What did you love about it? I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just love the, I just like, I, I just loved what I did. The structure. You know, the structure and just getting things done and uh, the unity, you know, the friendships mm-hmm. that you meet. Um, because it's just a little different for me personally. Um, the friends that I have in the military, I, I don't need to see them for a year or two or three. I can make a phone call and say, you know, girls, I need you. And they're on a plane just like that. Yeah. And I do the same for them. Yeah. So there, there's just a kind of different friendship. Out of the military now, Diana got a job at a trucking firm in San Diego and she started to build a new life. She decided she wanted to get back into boxing. You know, I, I, I think I just started training because I really wanted to do more of a self-defense because I started, you know, traveling a lot and I'm always on my own. So Why were you traveling? Uh, just conventions for work uh, and stuff. And so I was just kind of hearing a lot of, you know, uh, uh, attacks on women and rape and all this other stuff. So the first thing what happens, they take you to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I, you need to teach me how to get out of it if they take me to the ground, even though... They're much stronger than I would be, but at least get, send me, uh, show me a technique that at least gives me a couple seconds to just run and get out of there. Then the entrepreneurial bug struck. A man Diana was dating got into mixed martial arts at a gym, the Lion's Den in Chula Vista, and the athletes there wanted to compete with other gyms and other athletes. Her boyfriend thought Diana could help. He's like, can you put a, a show together? Uh, and I'm like, uh, okay. How hard can it like from scratch, like from scratch and everything? Yeah. Yeah, So I was like, okay, well, first of all, the sport's illegal back then. This was in 2003. It's illegal. So I was like, where can we do it? Oh, TJ. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I ended up going to TJ. I went to talk to the owners in Baby Rock. Uh And um, they're like, okay, you know, I ended up. um, You speak Spanish. I speak Spanish. Yeah. I ended up with a ring, not a cage, a ring. Uh, my friend, the DJ, we printed 300 tickets. Uh, my son, uh, um, Eric, and myself were flying like Sports Arena where WWE was at that night, like it was two, two in the morning. And we ended up with over 2,000 people. Really? Yes. We didn't, I mean, our ticket stubs were like nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. It was so packed. It was ridiculous. The scene exploded in Tijuana. They wanted her show back every six weeks. Diana formed a company, split the equity with her partner, and then came a big break. California legalized mixed martial arts matches, and Diana's business exploded. Just like a popular band, venues would pay her company to set up the shows just so they could sell alcohol and food to people who came to see them. Casinos did too. She said that she would clear on average, $60,000 per event. It kept growing and growing. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like our crowds, like we, we outgrew the venue, you know, the, which venue was um, baby rock. Okay. We outgrew the venue. And then when it was legalized in 2006, we did the, um, Del Mar fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. We sold it out in 30 seconds. How many people? It was 4,000. Wow. Mm -hmm. 4,000. And then from there, we did the open pavilion mm-hmm. and then we did, that was 7,000 people. And then we did sports arena 
I don't know. I think it was called still called sport, sports arena yeah, back then. One of the, yeah. yeah, and then from there we started doing um, casino shows. Uh, then we did Mexico City in 2009. That was like over 40,000 people. She was at this point the only female promoter in the mixed martial arts space. Casinos would pay $150,000 for her show to come. And minus the expenses, she lived well on the income for 10 years. But then it all stopped. She lost everything. After the break, how that happened and what she did to make it again in San Diego. This podcast is sponsored in part by a proud supporter of Monarch Schools and Make-A-Wish San Diego. Monarch School educates students impacted by homelessness and helps them develop hope for a future with the necessary skills and experience for personal success. Make-A-Wish San Diego grants wishes to children with life-threatening medical conditions to enrich the human experience with hope, strength, and joy. To learn more about how you can get involved, please visit monarchschools.org and sandiego.wish.org. Welcome back. I'm Scott Lewis. Diana Ocampo was at the top of her game, bringing in thousands per mixed martial arts event she staged at big venues across the San Diego region. Physical fitness had always been a part of her life. Boot camp, she complained, had been too easy, in fact. Too much studying. But her body gave out, and things got bad. The reason why it's not around anymore, it's not because we failed economically. Uh, it's because I left. Why did you leave? Um, I was sick. So I ended up with cancer. Oh, no. And, um, you know, but I still produced eight sold out shows while I was doing, you know, all of my treatments. I'm sorry, what kind of cancer? Uh, uterus. Oh, and wow. uterus. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like, I was like, okay, listen, I, I, I need a break. I need a break. And here's the business, you know, take over do whatever you need to do, but I need a break because I need to focus on myself. So let me get this straight. You had a, a child who would have been 13 or something? Um, he was 10. Okay. You had a business that was going nuts. <laughs> you had, um, and then you, you're diagnosed with cancer uh -huh. and you're still working. Yeah, it helped me. It, it did help me because I was so busy. I, I didn't think about it. You so know? you're doing the treatment of chemo, did you lose your hair? Everything? I sure did. The first, the first rounds, um, I did not. Mm -hmm. uh, but the second time, because it came back like six months later, I did. I did. I ended up being like 98 pounds. And <laughs> how was your son taking it? I didn't tell anyone. What? I did not. Because I didn't lose my hair the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very tired. You know, I would sleep a lot. Um, but I just didn't want to. I know it sounds selfish uh, for some. You know, they were like, why didn't you tell? I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to share. I didn't want to share that I was sick because I've always been the rock mm -hmm. of the family. So I didn't want to, I didn't feel that uh, I need, it made me feel weak. You know, it made me feel weak. It made me feel like, um, like I, I don't know. It just, I didn't want to tell anybody. And, but you finally got over it. I did. I finally got over it. You know, uh, what people don't understand is when you go through that physically, yeah, you, 
you'll look better after X amount of time passes. But mentally, it's like if anything hurts or anything aches, you're like, oh, my God, what is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I was going to my doctor. I feel this. What's going on? And also, it's a, it's, it messes with you mentally. Um, so it, it took me a while to kind of be like, chill out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm good. So I've been in remission for 10 years now. Wow. So were you okay financially? No. So what happened? <laughs> so literally, you know, I took an entire year just to recover. Very expensive. Um, you know, when I came back, I really came back to nothing. Um, everything we worked for just was gone. Uh, again, because of the recession. And I guess he didn't want to do a, a show. Um, so I, I came back to nothing. And so I was like, okay, what in the world am I going to do now? You know, I was like, I need to do something. She wanted to start a business again, but the world had changed. It was the height of the recession. Banks were not lending money. Her son was starting college and debt collectors were calling. From being, from going from like having, being very comfortable to nothing mm -hmm. was very shocking. Um, so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So, um, no, no, no. I was doing my taxes one day with my uh, CPA and he's like, D, what's wrong with you? You're like, so not yourself. You know, I was like, well, you know, I am broke, as you could tell. I'm losing my house. I'm losing everything. Everything's getting repoed. You know, it's embarrassing. Uh, he's like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to open a, another business, but no one's giving me funding and the banks just no, no, no. He's like, how much do you need? I was like, probably like 70, 75,000. He wrote me a check right there and then no questions asked. He's like, go for it. I've been your CPA for over 10 years. I know what you could do with money. Go for it. So had you told him what your idea was? I didn't know what I wanted to do. You just knew you wanted a business. Yes. I had no idea what I wanted to do. What's I his name? Julio Flores. And he just, he just knew you had it in you. He just, he's just here. Go what do you think it. he saw? Um, I think, I think, um, I think he just, he know, he knew me. He knew the numbers. You know what I mean? He's like, how do you make this work? I was like, I don't know. I just do it. You know, um, it's common sense. Like I use a lot of common sense and, uh, he gave, I mean, I literally ran home. I told my son, Oh my God, Julio gave me, you know, the money. I showed him the check. I was like, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, uh, no, I said, let's go open up a laser tag. Yeah. You know? And he's like, no mom do paintball i'm like paintball i've never played paintball uh -huh. i was like okay how hard can this be and uh started research research and within 45 days I, I was literally open so i was like driving around i was living in um chula vista at, at that point so i drove around old old ranch and i was like oh look they have land here what are they doing you know and and that uh, that mall has been bankrupt like twice so I was like, maybe they need somebody. So I walked in and I talked to Tim, the GM at the time. I was like, Jim, how much is it, you know, for you to rent me that space outside? I'm not looking for a, a building. I'm looking for just your space. And he thought it was the parking lot. I was like, no, no, that dirt space that's undeveloped. He's like, it's not rentable. It's not leasable. And I was like, well, why not? It's just sitting there. You know, he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm going to open up a paintball park, you know? So he's like, okay. The next day, he's like, sure, 1500 bucks a month. Okay. Signed it really quick. And How big was the space? 40,000 square feet. And 
So you had done some research, so you knew what, what to set up, uh, obstacles and stuff like that? I did. I just saw I just saw a package. Yeah. I said, ultimate paintball package set up. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, it had the generator, <laughs> had the, the venue, it was like an inflatable venue, it had the, the bunkers, it came with guns, it came with everything. I don't have a clue what any of that thing, any of the guns are and the, you know, the velocity. I had no idea. So I was like, again, I, I, I don't fear it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just go for it. And I kind of, that's how I learned. Mm -hmm. So we opened up and we were sold out for like months. Diana spent $25,000 on equipment, hired a few people to help, got insurance, put up a website, and went back to handing out flyers just like the old days of mixed martial arts matches. The referees she hired to manage the paintball battles taught her how to manage the guns. And you said you were booked right away. We were booked. I mean, we had a line. So in paintball, air is the heart. Yeah. So without air, your gun doesn't work, right? Yeah. We had a line for 30 minutes for air because the compressor wasn't up to oh. par, you know? So quickly, right away, I was like, okay, I need another compressor. <laughs> and so how did you research that then? Um, I asked a lot of questions and I went to uh, the Navy uses the same kind of compressors. Mm -hmm. the, the fire department does also. You're a supplier. You're, yeah. You know you're a supplier. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. And uh, I did. And, and I actually had a friend tell me, um, introduce me to a compressor guy. Uh -huh. And he's like, go, go to this guy, Tim, and he'll um, he'll help you out. I was like, okay. Did you have competitors? Um, no, not in Chula Vista. Mm -hmm. Not in Chula Vista. Everybody was in like Hamul, Camp Pendleton. So it was east. Business was booming. And her partner, Julio Flores, was pleased. And do you have to start paying him back? Or? Yeah, I paid him back in four months. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Four months. And yeah. so um, with interest? or No, he didn't want interest. He's like, just make me your partner. Oh, and good. that was it. And he's my partner at, to present time. How much equity did he take? I gave him 49. Okay. You know what I mean? People yeah. are like, why you gave him so much? I was like, you, you guys don't understand. This if guy, it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, loyalty is huge for me. Uh -huh. You know, it, it's, it's, it's something that um, it's very important to me, you know. So you're making a profit after that? We're making a profit. You know, it's doing really well. Um, you know, winter kind of or rainy season yeah. in San Diego wasn't the best uh, being outdoors. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it did really well. But the mall ended up with a new general manager who was not excited about the paintball venture, no matter how many patrons it brought to other businesses. Eventually, the new GM told Diana to put up a tent. But $35,000 later, the tent went up and she still got a notice to leave within 30 days. She filed a lawsuit against the mall, but she still had to leave. Leaving a meeting downtown, a four lease sign caught her eye. It was on a warehouse in Barrio Logan near Petco Park. In 30 days, she had it rented out. The building used to be owned by NASCO, mm -hmm. and it's been vacant for I don't even know how long, and then MTS actually bought the building. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with a really good deal um, because they're supposed to supposed to knock down the building. So he's like, hey, I can't give you more than three years um, because you know they're going to knock down the building to expand the trolley um, tro uh, trolley yard. And I was like, okay, I'll take three years and I'll figure it out. And But I know government... <laughs> So I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there for, uh, we just re-signed. So I mean, we'll be there for like eight years. Diana says her costs are at about $38,000 a month and profit margins have been over 
it's all good but it's not just you know what people need to understand is like you can't have just one source of, of revenue mm -hmm. for one business you have to create multiple streams uh, so we just kind of created multiple screens so our, our we're not just a paintball field mm -hmm. you know we're also an event center so we have networking events there we have like 500 people um, just mingling and we you know we have caterers that bring in alcohol that we take um, part of the the mm -hmm. revenue also uh, I mean, I have a wedding coming up mm -hmm. at the paintball field. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, they're so diverse, yeah. you know? So it's evolved from just a paintball field to a sports center. Uh -huh. So it's not just paintball. We have virtual reality now. We have parkour, which is like Ninja Warrior course. We have a CrossFit gym in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have Nerf Wars. We have pump action, low impact paintball, regular paintball, mm -hmm. you know? So there's something for the entire family. Mm -hmm. So, because, you know, it was like the first year when I was, you know, when we opened up in downtown, I was like, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, I'm missing all this revenue. These people are just sitting there just watching their, you know, boyfriends or husbands mm -hmm. or play paintball. And I have little ones here and I got, you know, the da the daughters here, the teenagers. I'm just missing something. And I was like, I need to bring something else. And that's how it started little by little. Say somebody else is in that situation. You know, they have drive. They want to do something. How but they don't know what to do. And then, then there's that, that moment they go through where they don't know what to do. What, what is it that went through your head that showed you how to do what you did? Um, I, I think, I think again, it goes back to my childhood, mm -hmm. you know, and it's more like, okay, we're broke. My parents, you know, they're going through what they're going through. Um, what I need to figure it out. I need to figure this out. You know, I, I, and I also don't like surrounding myself with just people trying to bring me down. Um, it's, it's, it's more like uh, I ask a lot of questions. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll find someone that knows more than I do and I'll ask them a million questions. Mm -hmm. What will you do? What will you do? And I'll take pieces of their answers and kind of create my own answer. Mm -hmm. um, just don't stop, you know. I know, it's, it's, uh, I know you're going to feel like, like despair and, and embarrassed too, you know, and the ego, you got to let the ego go. You know, you can't have an ego. You just have to, you just have to ask. Diana Ocampo, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me. Total Combat Paintball and the San Diego Sports and Entertainment Center are at 1699 Main Street in Barrio Logan. Diana says her and her partner are exploring expansion plans in different parts of the county and even out of state. Thanks for listening to I Made It in San Diego. I Made It in San Diego is part of the Voice of San Diego podcast network. Visit voiceofsandiego.org slash podcasts to learn more about our award-winning arts and education podcasts, Culture Cast, and Good Schools for All. The Curacaos podcast about movers and shakers on both sides of the border, Beer Talk Radio, the Startup Vault, and the rest of the shows in the network. <laughs>